Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. As always, we are very glad that you're here. We're always thankful for the opportunity to worship God, to be together on the first day of the week, to partake of the Lord's Supper, to sing songs of praise, to approach His throne in prayer, and also to study from His Word. We're going to be looking today at Genesis chapter 22, the lesson text that was read a moment ago from Hebrews chapter 11 coincides with Genesis chapter 22, and so we're going to be thinking in just a moment about what it means to surrender all to the Lord. I would begin by saying that Christianity is a religion that calls upon people to literally surrender everything in the name of Christ. Sometimes that's easier said than done. If I were to ask you, what is your most valuable possession? How would you respond? To those of us who are parents, I suspect that probably our most valuable possession would be our children. I remember many, many years ago when Braden was just a baby. And at that time I was working, we were working with the church in Old Hickory, Tennessee, a suburb of Nashville. And I used to carry Braden around in my arms. And there was an older gentleman in the congregation. And as I would walk around and visit with people before services began, he would always say, how much will you take for that baby? And I would always respond by saying, Brother, Brother Corley, he's not for sale. And as parents, our children are not for sale, at least for the most part. But they are a valuable commodity. We love and appreciate them. And we would not take anything for them. In Genesis chapter 22, we read about a man by the name of Abraham. Abraham was asked to do the unthinkable, to take his son and offer him as a sacrifice. I'm not sure that I could fully comprehend, I'm not sure I can fully comprehend the magnitude of this request. But I think in some small way, it underscores what it means to surrender all to the Lord, to surrender the most valuable. And so with that in mind, I want you to look with me at chapter 22, and there are two things I want to share with you in our study. First of all, I want you to think about Abraham's consecration to God. When we talk about his consecration to God, we are really emphasizing his surrender to God. And we're talking about completely surrendering all to the Lord. There are some things that I think are borne out in this, in this text that suggest unto us that Abraham was willing to surrender all to the Lord. First of all, I would suggest that it encompassed a surrendering of his association. The association that I'm talking about is that precious child named Isaac. Look, if you would, at verse 1. It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. 
God then said, take now your son, your only son, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So here's God making an unthinkable request of the man that we call the friend of God. God has said, I want you to take this child of promise. Now you go back and you look at Genesis chapter 12 and you recall that God in the long ago had told Abraham that in him, that is in his seed, all nations of the earth would be blessed in verse three. Abraham and Sarah, because they did not have a child and God had said, through your posterity, all families, all nations of the earth will be blessed. They thought they needed to help God out. And so they got a woman by the name of Hagar and she bore a son to Abraham. His name was Ishmael, but God said, that's not the one through whom this promised seed will emerge, according to Genesis chapter 15. But he said, that seed shall come forth from your body in verses four and five of Genesis chapter 15. And so here is, here is God now saying to him, I want you to take this precious child and offer him as a burnt offering unto me on one of the mountains that I will tell you of. When we talk about becoming a follower of the Lord, is it not the case that sometimes we have to sever certain associations to become a follower of the Lord? In Luke chapter 14, you remember Jesus in that context, beginning in verse 26, talks about the the importance of counting the cost before we become one of his followers. But he also makes the statement that we are to put him before all others. He said, if any man comes to me and hates not or loves less father and mother, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, he said, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. I think Jesus is simply saying here that when it comes to earthly ties, earthly associations, any association for that matter, he must take precedence. Again, we're talking about surrendering all to the Lord. Here's Abraham. Abraham's been called upon to surrender all to the Lord. This precious child, this great association that he has. But then there's a second thing that I think is borne out in our text. It entailed a surrendering of his affections. Go back and look again at verse two. Here's what God said, take now your son, listen to him, your only son whom you love. We're not talking about just any son. We're not talking about some casual acquaintance. We're not talking about a friend, but rather we are talking about the son that Abraham and Sarah love dearly. We're talking about someone that they love with every fiber of their being. Now back in Genesis chapter, well in chapter one, we read of God creating man in his own image and likeness. In chapter two we have the details of God creating the woman. 
And God created the woman from the man. Adam, in response to the creation of Eve, said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Here is this precious child that is literally the bone of his bones and the flesh of his flesh. Did Abraham and Sarah love this child? You know they did. Just like you and I love our child. What kind of monetary value would you place on your child? How much do you value your child? Well, we value our child to the point where there is not a dollar amount that can be fixed to them. What about surrendering all to the Lord when it comes to our affections? Is it not the case again from Luke chapter 14 that Jesus said that we are to love him supremely above father, mother, sons, and daughters, brothers and sisters, even our own life? When it comes to our affections, what what, what would we love more than our own family members? I don't know of anything. What would we love or whom would we love more than our own children? Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37? He said, we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. That is, every ounce of our being needs to be, needs to be devoted to Jehovah God. We need to love him supremely. Again, we're talking about surrendering all. Until we come to the point where we can surrender our associations and our affections to the Lord, we haven't surrendered all. Paul would say in Colossians chapter 3, he said, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affection, set your mind on things above and not on things which are upon this earth. The tendency sometimes is for us to place a higher value on things and people than God. Not to say that things aren't important to us to some extent. Not to say that our family members, our friends are not important. But it is to say that God must be preeminent in our lives. God must take precedence. There's a third thing that I believe we see in this text with regard to the surrendering of Abraham. We talk about his willingness to surrender, his association, his surrendering, the surrendering, if you please, of his affections. And then there is the surrendering of his actions. Listen again to verse 2. God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. What God was saying here is, look, I want you to offer this child according to the prescribed way. I'm going to tell you the place where you're to offer him. And so in verse 3, listen to what the text says. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. 
So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Look, the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? You ever wonder what was going on in the mind of Abraham when he asked this question? Here's this tender, innocent child asking a very real question. Here's the fire, here's the wood, where's the burnt offering? But listen to what Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. I want us to pause there for just a moment. We talk about the surrendering of his actions. And what you and I need to understand is that there are certain stipulations set forth for us to enjoy and maintain a relationship to God. There's what we might call a prescribed way for us to come to God. Today the Bible tells us that salvation is only in Jesus Christ. Salvation is exclusive to Jesus Christ. The Lord said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In John 14, verse 6. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Salvation is said to be in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy chapter 2 at verse 10. The only way to get into Christ Jesus is to be baptized or immersed in a watery grave of baptism. Thus we then contact the blood of Christ, which washes away all sin, according to Revelation chapter 1 at verse 5. Abraham was willing to follow God's prescribed or appointed way in the sacrifice of his son. When it comes to our relationship to God, there is only one prescribed way. The means by which we enjoy a relationship to God are set forth in his word. That word is unalterable. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. We don't have to discuss whether or not salvation is in Christ. That's been settled. We don't, have to dis we don't have to discuss how we get into Christ. That's been settled. We don't have to discuss how to maintain a relationship with the Lord. That's already been settled. We're to walk in the light as he's in the light. We're to walk in harmony with the will of God. We also think about God's prescribed way of worship. Abraham and Isaac went to the appointed place to worship and then they would return. Worship has a starting time and ending time. Our worship is given to a gracious God in heaven. We bow in his presence. 
The word worship means acts of reverence paid to deity. We are giving God that which he is rightfully due. Jesus said we're to worship God in spirit, that is with the right attitude, and in truth, that is by his authority, by what is set forth in his word. And then we talk about what God has to say about his work in the kingdom of God. Again, he has appointed, he has prescribed areas of work for us in the kingdom of God. We talk about evangelism, sharing the gospel of Christ. Matthew 28, verse 19, we're to go into all the world. We are to preach the gospel to every creature, as Jesus said in Mark 16, 15. We are to teach them to observe all things. That is, we build them up, we ground them in the scriptures, according to Matthew 28, verse 20. And then we are to be a benevolent group of people. We are to care for other people as they have need, as Paul would say in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. But I want us to move from Abraham's consecration to God to now think about his commendation from God. And here's what you need to understand. God sanctioned what Abraham did in the long ago. Now, Abraham lived in about 2000 B.C., so we're talking about something that occurred nearly 4,000 years ago. And yet the relevance of what Abraham did is apparent. Here was a man that was willing to surrender all to the Lord. Now, the question is, are we willing to surrender all to the Lord? Think with me for just a moment about God's approval of Abraham. God approved of the behavior of Abraham. Listen to what it said again. Pick up with me, if you would, in verse 12. Here's what the angel of the Lord said. Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by the horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah-Jireh. You remember back in verse 7 when Isaac asked the question, here's the fire, here's the wood, where's the burnt offering? And Abraham responded by saying, God will provide the offering. Well, that's exactly what God did. And there's a great lesson there. God will provide for his saints today. And thus it was said, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Now, God was pleased, God approved of the behavior of Abraham. Let me just pause here and ask this question. Is God pleased with your life today? In a very candid way, have you, have you surrendered all to the Lord? Have you given him your everything? We sing the song from time to time, he is my everything. Well, if he is our everything, what we need to understand is we must give him our everything. We are to surrender all to him. That is, we must surrender to him our support in the kingdom of God. We must give him full surrender when it comes to our sacrifices of praise. 
We must literally surrender all to the cause of Jesus Christ. Go back and look at the first century church sometime. Have you ever marveled at how the first century church grew at such a rapid rate? I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Over and over again, you read the book of Acts and you have to just be amazed. Here were individuals that were sharing the gospel of Christ with a lost and dying world and the church was growing not by ones and twos, not by tens and twenties, but by the thousands. Multitudes of people were becoming members of the body of Christ. Why was that? Let me tell you why I believe it was the case. I believe you had individuals that loved the Lord their God with all of their heart, soul, and mind. They had literally surrendered all to the Lord. Christianity was by far number one in their lives. To them, life was about serving the Lord. To them, life was about giving themselves for his cause. Today, the church of Christ has not changed in many respects. From a divine side, it hasn't changed. Now, I understand from the human side, it changes because the church is made up of people. But maybe one of the reasons we have lost our edge in many respects is because we as God's people, and I'm talking to myself as well as all of us, maybe it's because we have not truly, I'm talking about truly surrendered all to the Lord. I mean, put yourself in the place of Abraham. Imagine God asking you to give your son, your only son, the son, and I don't think it's accidental that God said the son whom you love. You give him to me. God is saying, I want you. I want you lock, stock, and barrel. I want everything about you. I want your mind. I want your body. I want your heart. I want everything. Does God have everything from you? Can you truly say you have surrendered all to the Lord? You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Paul makes an, interest, an interesting statement. He said, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have from God? He said, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, listen to him, which are God's. Here were people that had given themselves to God. When we truly give ourselves to God, it, it, it's not a matter of do I have to do this or do I have to do that. It, it's not a burden to live the Christian life. There is a willingness on our part. There is a yearning on our part. There is this intrinsic desire to do what God would have us to do. Now, there's a second thing I want you to see in our lesson. We talk about God's approval of Abraham, but now note, if you would, his acknowledgement to Abraham. We said just a moment ago that God approved of his behavior. God now acknowledges some blessings. Listen to what is said in verse 16. God said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. In blessing I will bless you and in multiplying, I will multiply your descendants. As the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate 
of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Listen to him. Because you have obeyed my voice. Now in Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham is listed in what we call phase hall of fame. What are the implications of the obedient heart of Abraham to us today? Listen again to what he said. In all your seed, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. God said 4,000 years ago to Abraham, in you shall all nations of the earth be blessed. God was gonna bless the world through the posterity of Abraham, through his lineage. The lineage included Isaac. In, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the passage we noted a moment ago, God said, in Isaac shall your seed be called. You and I today enjoy the blessings of the obedient heart of Abraham when we become members of the body of Christ. In Galatians chapter three, Paul said, you are all sons of God by faith through Christ Jesus. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Where there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you're Christ, listen to him, he said, you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Do you see how one man surrendering all to the Lord blessed you and me? Let me say this. Through, through your obedience, through the fact that you are willing to surrender all to the Lord, you can be a blessing to others. As a mother and father, through your obedience, you can be a blessing to your children, to your sons and daughters. As a grandmother and grandfather, through your obedience to God, through your willingness to surrender all, you can be a blessing to your grandchildren. As a brother or sister, through your obedience to the gospel, through your willingness to obey God, through your desire to surrender all to the Lord, you can be a blessing to your brothers and sisters, to other people. Listen, it's about surrendering all to the Lord. I want to close by asking this question. Have you genuinely surrendered all to the Lord? John said in Revelation 22, verse 14, blessed, blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and enter through the gates into the city. God blesses those who are obedient. God will bless us, but we must surrender all. We sang a moment ago, all to Jesus, I surrender, I surrender all. Honestly, candidly, personally. Have you surrendered all to Jesus? If not, I want to plead with you today, surrender all to him. Come to him. Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, you'll die in your sins, John 8, 24. Jesus said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish, Luke 13, 3. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned, Mark 16, 16. Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give unto you the crown of life, Revelation 2, verse 10. If you're here today, you're not faithful to the cause of Christ, why not surrender all and come home? And God will abundantly pardon as we stand and sing.